Hello, welcome to episode, well, we'll call it one of the Draft Champions podcast, uh, football edition, um, NFFC. We got, we're here with um, Andy Saxton and Mark Winoker. Um, um, first, Andy, tell me, uh, tell everyone where they can find you, what you do, introduce yourself. Hey, thanks uh, for having me on. So, uh, name's Andy Saxton and obviously been with NFFC for a while, um, you know, work at uh, you know, project management and big fan of uh, soccer and coaching uh, at the youth uh, sports. So that's kind of what I do and been known Mark for a few years and we've certainly been friends and tag team on some drafts too. So uh, happy to be on this with him as well. Mark, you all, you're no stranger to, to this podcast. Uh, maybe, maybe stranger to the football version. I guess everyone is, but what's up? Hey, Zach. Hey, Andy. Yes, great being back on. Yes, Andy and I are uh, known as Sax Win on NFFC, uh, our partner teams. That is our handle. Um, and yes, uh, Andy, Andy threw me a lifeline a few years back. Uh, I was kind of new to NFFC and uh, reached out and offered me their partner. And we've had a lot of success and a lot of, and become good friends. So uh, that's the great part about NFBC and NFFC is just making good friends, and we both really enjoy the partnering part of it as well. So, Andy, what was it about? What was it about Mark that uh, drew you to him? <laughs> uh, well, he's a nice guy, knows his stuff. Um, actually, funny thing is, is uh, you know, I happened to be out uh, on a trip to Colorado to uh, see the Phillies play the Rockies, and that was it's uh, Mark's hometown, and Mark came out to a game with us, so that kind of established kind of a bond there. I would say, wouldn't you, Mark? Yeah, that's great, uh, Andy. Andy puts together these awesome trips where he takes like 15, 20 friends from the Philly area and they go visit different ballparks around the country. This year's not looking so great, but uh, <laughs> they just happened to be at Coors and uh, met him downtown in Denver and had a great time. He had a good group of friends. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, I think that really helped. And also the live events. Um, I was out in New York twice, once for baseball, once for football with Andy. Uh, still trying to get him to come to Vegas uh, to, to play out there a little bit. Cool. Um, and uh, just so everyone knows, your, both your handles are pretty easy. Andy Saxton is Andy underscore Saxton and Mark, your Mark underscore Winoker with Mark with a C. So um, uh, if anyone wants to, everyone give those two guys a follow. Definitely, um, definitely should give those two a follow because uh, they both know their stuff and that's what we're going to show. Um, we're going to try and keep this episode short, um, unlike our baseball marathons. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up for the most part, but, um, you know what, um, there's a lot of stuff going on right now and I, I promised I would keep just to football, but I do have to ask you a question. Um, do you think the baseball season is going to start or not? I'll take that one first, Mark. Um, yeah. Um, but probably not as many games as we wanted it to be. Um, I'm hopeful for 80, but I think it might even be shorter than that, unfortunately. I'll take whatever I can get. Oh, my God. I would give my left, you know what, for 80 at this point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it's like 50-game season, which, you know, I mean, we'll have to see what the uh, NFPC guys decide. Uh, you know, I love my existing teams. I would certainly play those out. You know, I, I might limit the new drafts because of that. Um, Andy, you didn't say your other job, which is your MLB um, work, and hopefully you'll get a chance to do that. You should mention that real quick. Yeah, I hope that we play for uh, games in Philadelphia and Baltimore. Um, so, but if there's no games being played, then pretty hard to do that. So we'll see what happens. 
What do you, what, what, sorry, I missed that. Uh, yeah, so you know the guy that brings out the uh, headphones to the umpires when there's a manager challenge? Yeah. That would be me about 20 games a year. <laughs> oh, no way. So is that, would, that, would, that, would that have been new this year for you? Um, no, I've done it a couple of years, but obviously it'd be reduced this year. Maybe just a handful, depending on how many games they play. Oh, that's, that's cool. All right, so let's get into the football. Um, let's go. Let's get into the football. And what? And my idea to, uh, for the first or for first uh, draft champions podcast for football um, um, was this, and I believe it was Mark who called it uh, a reach mock, which is a good name for it. So what I said is, one um, of you going to start from one of you are going to start from the one hole, first overall pick, and one of you are going to start from the twelve hole. So you got two ends of the draft. Um, and we're going to take the ADP and we're using the, the draft champions ADP for, for May, for the last two weeks of May, correct? Uh, yes. So that's the last two weeks of May. And uh, you, but the, the catch is you, you need to pick, um, you need to, you need to draft your ideal team from each end of the draft board. However, you cannot, uh, you have to use ADP, but you cannot reach or you cannot draft anyone um, within 10% of that ADP. So for example, if you're picking the 24th overall pick, 24 times 10% is 2.5. So you add 2.5 to 24, that's, uh, sorry, 2.4 to 24, and that's 26.4. So you can't draft anyone with an ADP lower than 26. Did I explain that correctly? That's right. Okay, yep. good. Um, so Andy, uh, Andy, uh, Saxon is from the, uh, uh, chose the 12 spot. So the, the back end of the draft and, uh, marks from the one hole. So let's go, um, round by round. And so you can, so no one, not one person's talking for a long time and let's just start with the first overall pick and let's not make this, uh, too long there, Mark. No, you, you let me take 1.00, even though technically 1.10 should have been the, the reach. But, yes, Christian McCaffrey, uh, he is definitely my guy. Uh, if I, I'm still trying to get him in any snake draft with KDS at one if I don't get him uh, moving more to the middle and back. And I am going to be targeting him in, in all auctions. I have one next Friday, and I will absolutely be trying to get him. Cool. Okay. And you know, you know me in these podcasts, I don't like to, I don't like to dwell on the obvious. So let's move right on to, um, to uh, Andy at, at, at the 12 spot. Sure thing. So he keeps dropping and I don't understand it. Um, this would make Tom Kessinek happy, but Aaron Jones is my pick for number 12. Um, had a great year last year. I know people are concerned. They drafted AJ Dillon. They still have Jamal Williams, but between him and Devonte Adams, those are the really two only weapons that, Aaron Rodgers has so Aaron Jones was a no-brainer for me from pick 12. You worried about Dylan, Dylan, Dylan? What's that? AJ, AJ Dillon. That's a sort of uh, Dylan. That's a Dave Chappelle reference. Sorry. So, uh, mm -hmm. I got you. Um, no, yeah, no, I'm not worried about him at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Damn. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So moving on. Well, to back to you, um, Andy, and uh, the next the next player, which is not too far down, and maybe um, if you have their ADPs, uh, I can. I'll say that you, uh, 13th pick, you have to go beyond 14. Um, sure. So um, another guy who kind of drops a little bit because of Kareem Hunt, but uh, Nick Chubb would be my pick here, and he was an ADP of 15.35. Uh, so I still believe, obviously, Kareem Hunt played, you know, some games at the end of the year last year. Now it's more of a, a combo between the two, but Nick Chubb is just such an unbelievable running back. 
and running backs are hard to get in these drafts. So to start off with two studs that I think between Jones and Chubb, that was a no-brainer for me there as well. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I like those. The, those are those are two good running backs and running backs a, um, a position that you need to get early. And, and I'm sure you, uh, as as we go along, we'll we'll look how you've constructed the team because it's not only like best player available. You want to make sure that um, you want to build you want to build this puzzle. Um, so keeping on that theme, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, uh, Mark, you had the next pick, which would have been 24. Um, so uh, Leonard Fournette at uh, ADP 29.9. You know, if you want to go running back, running back, and you get the first pick, he's someone you have to definitely be considering because all the other guys above him are gone. Uh, I still like him. I think they're going to run him into the ground. They try to trade him. Didn't happen. Last year of his contract, this is what teams love. They can just totally burn him, and uh, that's good for fantasy. So I went for net at pick number two. Right on. All right. And then what's next? You mark your next as well, right? Or no, is actually, it, oh, actually yeah. sorry, my bad. It's the third round reversal. I'm getting used to this. Yep. So that would be back to me, uh, Andy, at a uh, third round pick. And I went with Kenny Galladay, and he was ADP 27 uh, and three quarters. So uh, just under the line there. Um, I'm seeing that he's just at the beginning of the third round pretty consistently. And I think he's a for sure number one receiver. Obviously, got to make sure Stafford stays healthy and upright, right? He had a lots of injuries last year, but. Galladay's numbers really produce and uh, even more so maybe than some of the bigger names. So I was happy to grab him here in the third round. Right on. Okay. Who is next? Um, sorry, you guys are going to have to tell that, me. Who's that next. would be me then. Yeah. Back, back down, back down the line there. So I get two picks here. Uh, so, you know, after starting running back, running back, unless there's another running back I really like, it's onto the receiver. So the first one is DJ Moore at ADP 41-1, and doubling up with Juju Smith-Schuster at 42-1. You know, those are two, uh, in my mind, wide receiver one. Uh, Moore just, you know, really broke out last year. Um, you know, the, um, the quarterback situation is a little dicey, but he's the, he's, the clear, um, he's the clear, you know, receiver there. I don't always love pairing a running back and a receiver on the same team, but in a best ball format, I, I really don't mind it. So having him with CMC and then Juju, you know, it was really down year last year, injury, big Ben wasn't right. Um, he could be a top five receiver if he's good. And uh, I'm willing to take a shot there on Juju as my wide receiver too. Yeah. I like the, I like both those guys too. That's good. Um, I, I'm surprised. Um, I'm just looking at the ADP like recently, and I'm surprised Juju's so far down on in that in the ADP this year. I guess well, he had a, he had a down year last year for sure, but you know Ben wasn't there, right? Big Ben wasn't there, and um, he was just getting used to being that one number one. And there, um, another player that really high on another player that people are really high on right now is um, Deontay Johnson, right? That guy's that guy's sort of like he's sort of like the like the Lamette and Lizardo of, of football, <laughs> isn't he? Yes, he is. Kind of helium, really moving. Andy's not a huge Juju fan. Andy, is there, is there a specific reason you don't think he's the, he's the I one? Mean, I, I guess everybody was kind of bent out of shape over the Steeler quarterback situation last year. And I just, I don't know, I just hasn't been somebody that I've looked at. I like Deontay. I mean, I've, he's, he's definitely flying up the boards. So, uh, you know, 
I guess, you know, Juju might grow on me, but for now, kind of just been somebody who hasn't been target, you know, been, been targeting. Cool. All right, moving on to uh, Andy, back to Andy in the fourth. So I went with DK Metcalf here. Uh, he burned the Eagles, which is my team, on, uh, pretty bad last year in the playoffs, <laughs> but I think he definitely takes a step up and, um, you know, probably is even better than Tyler Lockett this year, in my opinion. So uh, to have as a number two receiver, on this team, I thought was was a good thing. Now, the ADP when Mark and I did this little mock draft it was, um, I think he was around 52, but it's a little lower now. So he seems to be sliding up the boards, as well, or moving up the boards, I should say, as well. So happy to get him as my uh, wide receiver too. Yeah, my question was going to be, do you think he's better than Lockett? And you, and you answered it. So yeah. moving on. I, to I your- think I, what I saw in the second half of the year, I w- if you asked me that last year, beginning of the year, first half, I'd say Lockett was better, but Metcalf really came on in the second half and I expect that to continue this year. Cool. And then uh, round five, you went with another receiver. Yeah. Oldie, but goodie, but uh, Keenan Allen uh, with the um, chargers and, and obviously the quarterback situation there bears uh, watching um, Tyrod at first and then um, Justin uh, Herbert. Um, but uh, Keenan Allen, when healthy, if he's been on the field, he's a producer. And, you know, you're talking about great value. I think his ADP, um, you know, is 55-ish. Um, so happy to get him uh, to start the fifth and uh, be wide receiver three on this team. Yeah, the quarterback situation has worried me. It's, a, it's actually uh, de- deter- deterred me from drafting him at, I guess, decent value. But uh, I don't know. He's sort of like the Charlie Blackman of football. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right. I don't I didn't, I didn't come prepared to do this, but I just sort of, it's sort of, it's just coming. So um, Mark, uh, um, the comparisons I'm, I'm talking about, Mark, you went in the fifth round. Um, we're going on a little receiver run. You, you, yeah. 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 It was looking like there's a honey hole for these receivers. It's like, yeah, there really is. You know, it's, it's, it's either the Kessinick method or the Saxton method. I call it the Saxton method to Andy because he came up with it really early on in the draft season. Tom has been uh, promoting this on Twitter, but it's basically running back, running back, and, and at least three receivers after that, if not four, depending on the situation. So to keep with that, um, I got CMC, and now I got TMC, Terry McLaurin. This is a slight cheat, uh, kind of at uh, ADP 65, should be 66. So um, you can you could say that's bogus, but love McLaurin just, uh, you know, came on like gangbuster at the end of last year. No one else to really go to on that whole team, expecting Haskins to be a little better uh, this year, foreshadowing for my team. And uh, so I, I like him as a three. And then a guy who's really growing on me, and Andy is the reason why, is Michael Gallup with my six-round pick and my wide receiver four. Um, I was initially a little bit off him when they got CeeDee Lamb, but – Andy's had a you know an interesting take that without the mini camps, um, these these wide receivers might be a little bit behind the curve than they normally would be. That might you know allow Gallup to get solidified in, in his role. He he's a Colorado State Ram. I am a Colorado State Ram as well, so he's a fellow alumna, and so uh, that I loved him when he played here in Fort Collins, and he looks like he could really uh, take off this year as well. So he's my wide receiver four. Cool. Uh, who is, where are we now? That was around six. And then I think we're back to Andy more receivers. Yep. So I think it's smart to try to get pieces of the Ravens offense, right? We saw how dynamic that was last year. So, 
Uh, Marquise Brown is my wide receiver four. Really came on um, last year at the end of the season. Um, kind of one of those things talking about that Mark just mentioned about how rookies kind of start slow and then kind of work their way up. So I think in year two, he's like DK Metcalf is going to be, um, you know, have a stellar season. Obviously, he's got a great offense uh, surrounding him there. Uh, so as a wide receiver four, I thought it was a no-brainer uh, to grab him in, in the draft champion format. Right. How confident are you with him? Are you, do, you like to, do you like to grab any other receivers on Baltimore? Because the rest of those receivers are fairly cheap to get after, after um, Hollywood Brown. Uh, do you like to, like, I know we're just, a, just, a, just to let everyone know, we're not going to go past round 16 in this little mock, um, but um, it would be after that. Um, getting Brown, would you, do you, would you make an effort uh, to target, um, I guess, handcuffs? Um, so, I mean, they're, you know, the Mark Andrews obviously is the other guy to get there and he would have gone earlier. Uh, I do like a receiver they drafted. I think his, his name, I don't know the exact pronunciation, but James Prochet. Mm. Um, he, you know, he, he was somebody coming out of the draft that I, I kind of, you know, was interested to see what team he went to because he just catches everything. And yeah. uh, he, he was a late flyer. He might do something in the draft champion format, you know, something, I w you know, it'd be hard to start him, obviously. But um, if you're doing a non-draft champion, but that's the only other guy that I would look at from a receiving perspective for that team. Right on. Not uh, Devin DuVarney or whatever, however you pronounce it, because he was drafted higher. Yeah, uh, he could. But if you're looking for best value, I guess, because I don't know that um, I mean, it's obviously Mark Andrews and Ingram and J.K. Dobbins and Lamar running the ball. Um, and then, of course, Marquise Brown. So I, these other guys might be supplemental guys, like like a Willie Sneed was supposed to be last year. So I don't know that I'd, I'd put a lot of value on them, but obviously they they could have big weeks here or there being with that Ravens offense. You think there's a, Do you think there's a very, very small chance of anyone overtaking Brown, any of those rookies? And, and I guess you'd include Boykin in that as well? Um. No, I don't think – I think he's definitely the wide receiver one for that team. I don't see anybody overtaking him. I mean, he might just get some targets going, being spread out a little bit across some of these other receivers like the two rookies. But I think it's Andrews and him and then running the ball and then Lamar running the ball. That's really going to be the primary focus of that offense. Okay. Um, round eight? Or sorry, uh, round, round, sorry, round seven? Yeah, so I guess I got to hit up quarterback position a little bit here. So went with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, in this case, obviously, we talked earlier about his weapons just being Devontae Adams and who knows, right? So, um, I mean, Aaron Jones out of the backfield a little bit certainly uh, helps. So, um, thought he was still can put up big numbers, still have big games, even if Adams is the one catching like, you know, 50% of his passes. Um, you know, maybe a Jay Sternberger at tight end actually gets him some um, numbers from a tight end perspective. So still think that he has something left in the tank and was happy to grab him in round seven. Right on. All right, Mark, let's move back over to Mark. Yeah, so obviously if you don't have a QB here by round seven, you are going to, you know, be, be falling behind. So this is right on the number, uh, ADP 92, Matt Stafford. You know, I kind of have him and Daniel Jones at the end of, like, the, the tier that I'm comfortable uh, with as a QB1. Uh, you, know, he had a, you know, he's just a solid quarterback, nothing flashy. I think in a best ball, um, I like his consistency. I don't think there's, a, you know, a huge upside. He's not going to have monster games, but, you know, he probably won't have too many, you know, smaller scoring games. So I'm okay with Stafford there as a one uh, after the two running back, four receivers start. 
Uh, so coming back in the eighth round, this is a guy I've been I've been targeting, Matt Breida um, from Miami. You know, he he looks very dynamic, game breaker when he's on the field and healthy. I'm not the biggest Jordan Howard fan, kind of a plotter. I think he'll obviously get goal line carries Howard and and some of the first and second down work. But I think Breida could could you know eat into that and also get a lot of the third down work. It's kind of a wide open offense. They're playing from behind a lot, so the game script should be good. I really like Breida there as a third running back that you can get in the eighth or ninth round. Starting to get really thin at running back there, so he's someone I've been grabbing uh, right around there. Cool. Um, okay, back to Andy in round eight. We're now past pick. We're now past uh, ADP hundred in our in our mock. It's about time to look at the tight end position. So who better to choose than the former WWE wrestler Rob Gronkowski <laughs> back with uh, Brady in Tampa, right? So I have no idea what we're going to get out of him. He's old. He could be hurt. But they also have two other good tight ends. But I feel like in the eighth round, it's worth a shot for tight end one for him. And, and I'm thinking that he's going to get a lot of targets. We just His health is obviously my, my, my concern there. How far did you reach on him? How, what is it? What is his ADP right now? Because it should be climbing. Yeah, it's. I think one oh nine. One oh nine. Yeah, somewhere around that. So it wasn't a huge reach, and I kind of knew that if I didn't hit up tight end there, then you know potentially I might be picking some you know pretty bad tight ends. Uh, when when you kind of want one that has the upside of a uh, tight end number one, so he was kind of one of the last ones I thought that could do that. Okay. Um, Mark, yeah, we're good. That's uh, actually me, I think. Or is that yep. right? Nope, you again. Yep. Round nine. Yep. So round nine went with uh, one of Mark's uh, Denver guys there, but Philip Lindsay is my. Oh, sorry. Back the, the 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 draft that you guys sent me had Lindsay going in the eighth and Rob Gronkowski going in the ninth. That's why. I, I got you. Sorry. No, that's right. why. So, so Philip Lindsay in the ninth round for me, um, he is running back number three for me. Obviously, I needed to get more depth there. I think running back is one of the hardest positions to fill in this um, football drafts this year. So uh, I know Melvin Gordon's there, but I think Lindsay's going to get the third down carries, um, you know, and he obviously had put up great numbers last year. So I don't think he's just going to disappear from that offense. I think he's going to be a, a safety net for Drew Locke. Uh, so with his ADP being around the, you know, 108-110 range, I thought this was a good opportunity to grab him. I feel a lot better about my depth at running back with him there. So I take it you're not in on Melvin Gordon where he's going. Yeah, you know, I haven't really looked at him. I mean, he's moving up too, seeing him in the second round as well. I mean, I think he'll be great as well. I just feel like Lindsey is just not chopped liver and he's not going to sit on the bench, right? He, he's still good. So he's going to get his touches and, and I think he's definitely worth a ninth rounder at this point. Cool. All right. Back to Mark now. Yeah, I just want to follow up on that. I'm, I am into Gordon. I really like the situation here. I like what the Broncos did in the offseason. I think this, I think Locke can play. I like this offense. I think Gordon's going to be uh, good. I, uh, I like, kind of like where he's going if you miss out on that, you know, that upper tier of running backs and you need a second or even a third. You know, but the, the word out here in Colorado was Lindsey is going to get get work and will be, uh, you know, a, still a good part of the offense. So uh, I, I think it's a good pick for Andy there. Uh, I went to tight end as well. Uh, Jared Cook, um, you know, he's just, again, solid. He has some of those big two touchdown games that you love in a best ball format. He, he, he can maybe disappear at times. But again, you know, I think the strategy in these best balls is 
at certain positions, you know, you really want to go for the for the ceiling and for the elite players, but others more volume based. I think I've been drafting QBs and tight ends more out of volume um, approach to get as many good ones as I can, nothing great, and hopefully they just have their good weeks on different weeks. So I like Cook there, and then you know I don't know my my nine year old is really into this now. He's been doing a lot of drafts with me, and he's always like. Jimmy G, he's on, you know, on a Super Bowl team. So uh, I like Jimmy G as a two. Again, nothing exciting. I think, you know, him and Stafford are a decent pair. You know, I'd, I'd usually like to have one little more sexy upside guy and one kind of boring guy here. Just got to take what you can get. But, again, he had some really big games on the stretch. We, uh, I had him with my other partner, Greg Crawford, on one of our teams, and he certainly did enough for us down the stretch to help us win that league. So – Soft spot for Jimmy G as my QB2 in the 10th round. All right. Uh, next, um, Andy, back in the back to you in the 10th. Yep, 10th round. Needed another old quarterback to complete my pairing with Aaron Rodgers, right? So, Phillip Rivers in a new uh, home, new scenery. Hopefully, change of scenery is going to give him some inflated numbers. I mean, he's obviously always been a slinger. He's got um, Doyle. Paris Campbell, Hilton, I really think he's going to – Naheem Hines is going to be a weapon for him, just like uh, he loved Eckler. And with the Chargers, I think Naheem Hines is going to be a big target for him there. So I, I think he can put up some decent numbers uh, in combination with Aaron Rodgers. And obviously he's pretty durable. He doesn't really miss many games. So, uh, you know, I think that he's a good number quarterback too. And you can get – ADP is around 150 for him. So I might have reached a little bit here. But it was just kind of a guy I thought made sense for this team. Okay. And uh, round 11? So I uh, had that WWE champion Gronkowski tight end, older oldie but goodie, and then, and then I wanted one with upside here. So tight end number two, I'm going with John U. Smith from the Titans. He obviously came on at the end of the year, was a nice uh, target for ta- uh, Tannehill, uh, you know, whenever they actually did not hand off to Derrick Henry for a change. So um, John U. Smith, I think, is a you know, tight end two, but an upside of a tight end one. Okay. Mark, you had an interesting pick here in round 11. Yeah, so this is someone I'm just coming on to a little bit. You know, this time of year, you know, I'll just say I'm drafting NFFC like I never have before. I usually would be knee-deep in baseball now, and I wouldn't even consider drafting uh, football until probably July. So, you know, there's not a ton of information. They're not in camp. There's not a lot going on. You have to kind of look at some, whatever's out there, the local writers, you know, some of the analysts and try to read between the lines. But Anthony McFarland for Pittsburgh, you know, I know it's a very crowded backfield. They got Snell, they got Samuels, obviously they have Connor. Um, just seems like he has that sparkle that, you know, maybe he can emerge and at least be the number two. We know Connor has a hard time staying on the field. That's kind of a swing for the fences pick. You know, as a, as a RB4, I think, I can live with that. If he doesn't pan out, that doesn't really trash my team. I think it just speaks to how thin running back gets later in the draft that in the 11th round, you're already considering a guy who could be the fourth running back on his own team, let alone the fourth running back on my team. So I think that's a little bit kind of boomer bust there. Uh, did you want to talk about him at all? Um, I think you just did. 
Okay. Uh, but I just, um, I'm just note. I, I can, I can elaborate a little bit. I know we're we're trying to be cognizant about our time, but um, Samuels and Snell, they're sort of falling. Like in, in the draft that I'm in right now, without you, um, I don't know if Samuels is still available, but um, no, he's not. But he went really late. He just went in 26th round. Um, so he fell like about 100 spots relative to his ADP. I think it's just because there's a lot of options there, and people just don't know right now. Uh, what, what's going to happen, um, especially with those um, the three of them, McFarland, Samuels, and um, Snell? I don't, but um, uh, it sounds like you you have um, you you have a hunch about uh, about McFarland being at least the number two option there. A little hunch. It's a great team to take a hunch on. Obviously, Pittsburgh. Their, their running backs have been very productive. I just want to give uh, you know before we got on, I was listening to uh, a the high stakes fantasy advantage from a few weeks back when uh, Billy Waz was on with Tom and Greg, and he, he made a good point. You know, a lot of these running backs that um, had rookies get drafted by those teams are falling, the Marlon Max, the, the Carrion Johnsons, you know, all the Steeler guys, they're all falling. They're, they're probably falling too far. He was, he was saying he sees some opportunity there and uh, to try to scoop up some of those guys when you can. So I think that's a good point. And um, some of these guys probably are falling way too far. I guess when the, I guess when you know it gets closer to the season, we'll know a little more, and that'll that'll settle it out. Uh, so for my twelfth round, another really boring tight end, Eric Ebron. Uh, I'm just noticing now I have like three Steelers, so this is not typically something I do. Um, I'd probably notice that more if I was it was a, a, not a mock, but uh, I went with Ebron. You know, I think he. Again, like, like Cook can have some of those big two-touchdown days. He seems to find the end zone quite a bit. Not a big volume guy. You know, I think, I think for a best ball, I like him. I'm not sure I would, I'm as, as interested in him in, in a non-best ball format. But new, new setting. Ben likes his tight ends uh, usually, so I went Ebron there. Yep. That's another, that's another situation where you do have a lot of options, and, and you'll probably find out more how it's going to shake out. As, as the offseason goes on. But there are, I think, at least two other options that are tight end. Um, okay, Andy, you are in round 12 now. Yep, and a couple of rookies coming up here. So I mentioned earlier Philip Rivers is my second quarterback, and so I'm going to pair him with Michael Pittman, who is, uh, I believe, going to be a instant contributor for the Colts offense. Uh, so uh, liking him a lot here, right, right in the 153, 154 ADP range. Um, I think of all the rookie receivers, you know, maybe Jalen Rieger might be the other one, but I think Pittman is the one that's probably going to step up and is ready to play right away. So uh, I see him doing well next to T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell and happy to get him in the 12th round. Yeah, and then you went another. You went another receiver here. You took another. You took. You have a, You have a. This is your second piece of the Titans offense. Yeah, so this uh, running back, actually, it's um, Darrington Evans. Um, so I loved him coming into the draft. I'm not 100% in love with where he went, right? I mean, Deion Lewis left, so now he's Derrick Henry's backup. Um, so Henry, obviously, is going to be on the field the majority of the time. But I think maybe as a third down back, you know, a little bit out of the backfield, he can kind of little dump offs from Tannehill. I think he has value. And as a fourth running back on this team, I think there'd be a couple of times he gets in the end zone that he might actually, you know, be a quote unquote starter and given weeks for me, uh, you know, with, with his big playability. So happy to grab him in the 13th. Nice. Um, yeah. Andy, you went, um, sorry, Mark, Mark, you now uh, went back to the well of tight end, tight end quarterback. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. 
quarterbacks, you know, I've done, you know, about probably 20 of these best balls already and this market and get, get it right. You know, Dwayne Haskins, is he my dream number three quarterback? No, he is not. First of all, he's from Ohio State. I'm a Michigan grad, so that doesn't work for me. But, you know, Andy's been kind of talking him up a little bit to me, and I think he looks like he does have the job there. Second year, he should be better. Uh, they have some weapons. I like, I like pairing him with McLaurin here. It's something I've learned to do a lot more this year with uh, the best balls is try to have some hookups, as my son and I call them. So got the hookup with Haskins and, and McLaurin. And then, oh, my God, why did I take Greg Olson? I do not know uh, as my tight end three. Probably not a great idea. You know, I think, I think we said we were going to have kind of like a parallel construction of our teams here, so get a third tight end. It's a reach here. I don't love them at all. They have – uh, other options there, Disley, Hollister, I don't know. He, you know, he could find a little bit of uh, rejuvenation there with Russell Wilson. He got a great quarterback there. He could find Olsen, and he could have some big games. So if I can get, you know, a few big games out of each of those guys in the right weeks, that tight end uh, production could be okay. Right on. All right, then moving back over to Andy. Yeah, so – just to kind of set the stage of how we kind of constructed our teams here, Zach, we decided to go um, three quarterbacks, five running backs, five receivers, and three tight ends for this mock. So we didn't really dabble into kickers or defenses or anything. So here I was looking for a quarterback three, and I went with Nick Foles here with the Bears. I have 100% confidence he's going to have that job over Trubisky. And, uh, you know, I think with Allen Robinson, with, you know, two good tight ends, with Anthony Miller, I think he's got playmakers there that he could actually step in and put up some good numbers. So as a quarterback three, I thought that was great value. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one for sure. I think, um, I think you're right about him having the job over Trubinsky, just looking at their, um, basically their salary. Yep. And then I followed that up in the 15th round, right? We had a recent signing in Seattle, Carlos Hyde signs there. I think there's a concern about Chris Carson and Rashad Penny being ready. So I think Hyde, you know, put up good numbers with the Texans last year. He was the, you know, the late trade from uh, in, in uh, preseason to Houston, right? And, and he had a great year there. So um, I still think he's got a lot in the tank, you know, put up some good numbers. So as a running back number five, I think in the 15th round, Carlos Hyde was a good value. Okay. Um, do you think Penny's going to be uh, on the pup for the first couple weeks? Correct. So Hyde was insurance there, but I think he, if he plays well, he's going to have carries all year. And I, I, that's kind of what I believe he'll do. All right, Mark, knock off your last two here. Yeah, so here's, you know, I find the rookie receivers really intriguing this year. There's a bunch of guys I like. I like Justin Jefferson a lot. I do like Pittman. I like T. Higgins quite a bit. Uh, I just think he uh, looks like he might have an opportunity there. I like kind of a new young team, new young quarterback. They're going to be getting killed every game, so they'll be throwing a lot late. I like teams that like that. So I found myself getting a lot of T. Higgins in these uh, best balls with my wide receiver five or six. So T. Higgins there, ADP is around 200. And then another guy I've been been targeting a little bit late as a RB5 type uh, or six is Giovanni Bernard on the same team. Uh, obviously, love Joe Mixon. There's this holdout possibility. I'm not banking on that. That's not why I would take Gio. But, um, you know, I think he still gets some of that third down work, should get some should get some PPR 
love there. And he's just a solid player. And again, running back is, is gets gets gross. Uh, he so my strategy's been my last like you know RB five six seven try to get as many of the PPR third down backs as I possibly can there. Uh, I know some people are trying to shoot for handcuffs. I try to get a couple later than that, but I've been going for the PPR guys like Geo. So he's my last pick there at sixteen. Okay, and then let's move back uh, to Andy to finish things off. Yeah, uh, finish off your uh, your QB tight end um, slots here. Yep. So the uh, needed a third tight end here to just kind of have good depth at every position, and Kyle Rudolph was the pick here. Um, you know, Mark knows this more than anybody. Um, I'm a big fan of Irv Smith there in that offense. I think he steps up, but Rudolph is still going to be a, a favorite target of uh, Kirk Cousins. So in the 16th round, I thought it was good value, and he matches up well by week-wise and also just as a good depth behind Gronkowski and Janu on this team. So I was happy to grab him in the 16th. Nice. So what, we, what I asked you guys to do, and this is similar to what I did in our, in our baseball podcast, is ask for, a, uh, I called it a hibernator, like a deep sleeper, somebody that can last rounds of these deep drafts where they're sort of draft and holds. Who, who, who are you targeting? So we'll, we'll start with, let's start with Mark. So there's a lot of late receivers I've noticed. You know, running back is just empty by the end of these drafts. There still seems to be some receivers that actually have jobs, you know, some wide receiver two and – well, threes mostly, but even some twos. Uh, Tajay Sharp, you know, he's had a little buzz way back when. Seems like he has some talent. Uh, you know, I think with with the Vikings, um, uh, with – Digs going, going and just having Thielen. I know they brought in Jefferson, but he's someone who may get a little bit of action there. And, you know, in the 30th round, you're just kind of throwing some darts. So Tajay Sharp, he's someone I've been kind of grabbing as a flyer there late uh, at the wide receiver position. I like that one, Mark. I think he'll be more utilized there than he was with the Titans. Absolutely. I can't, I can't argue that. Uh, Andy, what about you? So I have a guy that doesn't have a team yet, but uh, so I I thought Taylor Gabriel, you know, fit the Bears offense well last year. He's a free agent. He had some big games. Um, He's small. He gets hurt sometimes, but I just feel like, and I've told Mark this about 62 times, I think he's going to sign with the Packers. We have a huge need, right, at wide receiver after Adams and maybe Alan Lazard. So I think he's a perfect fit there. I'm kind of anticipating him signing there. If he's not there, hopefully somewhere else. But I think Taylor Gabriel um, still has a lot of juice in the tank and can put up some big weeks. And if you're in the 30th round, you're talking about your eighth or ninth receiver. Um, and I think he can put up numbers much higher than that. So he's kind of my deep sleeper right there. Nice. Well, um, that uh, that concludes this exercise. I know we've um, we've pretty much stayed on um, our um, projected time uh, – <laughs> Uh, time uh, for this podcast for once because um, it's not baseball and I didn't interrupt everyone and going off on tangents. Um, so um, thank you guys for coming on. I don't want to keep you guys much longer. I know it's uh, it's 10 o'clock here and, and um, it's eight o'clock there right now, right? Well, it, it, it is eight, eight, eight o'clock where Mark is. And then I guess, well, Andy, I'm 10, just yeah, like you. Yeah. Philadelphia is the same time zone as Toronto. So we are on, on the same page there. So um, is there anything else you'd like to uh, touch on um, before we, uh, before we uh, go? I think this is a neat little format to do, just kind of like a, a mock 
after the after uh, thought uh, conversation and talk through it. So, uh, you know, it was kind of neat to do that and, you know, think maybe do it again, do different spots and, you know, maybe just have some conversation about some of the, the back half of the draft as well, you know, because I think those sleepers are um, what people are looking for, right? Because everybody knows how to draft in the first 10, 12 rounds. It's the late rounds that in most cases in a DC wins it for you if you hit on somebody that ends up being, you know, a really good uh, buy. So, um, you know, I think appreciate the conversation. Let's do it again in the future. Okay. Um, well, I got you guys um, here. Uh, don't have to go into a long explanation, but before, last last question before you go. Of the rookie running backs, um, aside from um, Edwards Hilaire, Hilaire, who's your who's your favorite one to target? Uh, like, uh, of I'd say of the next, the, the big five after Hilaire. Um, Mark, who's your who's your favorite guy of the, of those five? And I think uh, I'm trying to think of them. The Baltimore guy, um, Acres, um, Jonathan Taylor, um, Dobbins. Who am I missing? Um, Swift. Swift. Um, is that it? Yeah. Who's your favorite of those guys? Like not not in terms of just your favorite value for those guys. I honestly don't think any of them are a good value. And that includes Hilaire, who I love, and I have grabbed multiple times in the second round. I'm not shy about making that play, but I don't think any of these guys, frankly, are at the right value. Swift, you know, Carrion Johnson's still there. Dobbins, you still have Ingram, um, who is the other one. Uh, Akers, um, uh, Taylor has, of course, Marlon Mack. So, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Wayne Ellis, I was listening to him also before I came on with uh, Greg and Tom. He's a big uh, Colts fan, great player. And he was putting a little cold water uh, also on on Taylor just as far as um, the, the, the workload. I guess Akers of the, of the other four has maybe the best path to uh, number one RB playing time. Henderson didn't do much with it last year. Malcolm Brown's just a jag. So I think Akers probably is the one I would look at. You know, if it's, if it's in the fifth round, uh, like I'll, I'll look at the, the draft we're doing right now, Zach, you, you had Henry in the first and, you know, Akers in the fifth as your second. I think that's actually a pretty good play there. I think that's kind of the spot where I would be looking if I only had one running back. I mean, if I had a really strong running back to start and then I didn't have another one, Akers is a guy I would probably land on. Yep, that's um, I can't disagree. That's what I did. That's what I did. Um, Andy, um, any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I, I I agree with Mark that these guys, right? There's going to be a reduced, no mini camps, just training camps. So I don't know if there's a ton of value, uh, but I do kind of like Swift's situation in Detroit. I mean, I wasn't really that impressed with Carry On Johnson last year. Um, I think Swift was the best running back, pure running back in the draft. Now, Hilaire obviously went to an awesome fit with Kansas City, but Swift I could see having, you know, starting a little slow and really kind of taking hold of the spot and running with it in the second half of the year. So um, I, he's the guy probably I like best after you get through that uh, Hilaire um, early on pick. Okay. That's interesting to note. I'll put, the, I'll put that note in my back pocket. All right. Well, thanks for thanks guys for having uh thanks for guys for having yourselves on here. Thanks for coming on. Um, I believe we're still under that one hour mark, which is amazing for me. Um, so I'll pat myself on the back on that one. Um, 
uh, just uh, um, anything else you guys want to plug, I'll tell you. I'll tell you uh, everyone your Twitter handles again. It's Andy underscore Saxton and Mark with a C underscore Winoker, uh, K U R. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we uh, before we head out? I would just say you know if you're listening, jump into these best balls. You know the twenty five and fifties are are great. They don't have the third round reversal. There's no KDS, so that that you know that's missing. But you can do six of those for the price of a 150. The 150s are great. You get the full third round reversal, the KDS, you know, a little more, uh, a little more juice to those. But, you know, these are all set it and forget it. You draft them now and you don't have to really worry about them again. And obviously just great practice. It's a lot of fun. Draft with people you know, uh, just have something to do, especially with no baseball going on. So, um, yeah. There will be baseball. I never answered my own question. I think we're, we are going to have a season. I I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all it is at this point, unfortunately. But yeah, I know I agree that like um, these are very they're very low maintenance. Like you said, set it, forget it. There's no you don't have to worry about KDS. Don't have to worry about anything else. Um, and actually, the payouts are great too. I think it's an eighty percent payout because there is no overall. Um, so um, yeah, Andy, anything anything you'd like to, you'd like to add? Thanks for. Um, Thanks for coming on, boys. Sure, yeah. I'd just say like any of the uh, best ball formats, you know, and it's not just the format and you don't have to manage in season, but they also have a variety of different ways you can do it. You could be in a slow draft of like the two-hour or the four-hour format, or you can do it all one night if you want. Uh, so, you know, I think there's just a different slice of uh, pie for whoever you kind of want to uh, go about it there. So, um, you know, look forward to seeing some of you, uh, some of your listeners and, future uh competitions cool all right boys i will uh i'm gonna log off now but um uh, thanks very much for coming on you guys did great um, i'm sure the i'm sure people that are, that are listening will find this very uh very helpful in the initial drafts and we'll um definitely want to get uh, some more of these football podcasts in um even if even if baseball is going to come around the corner so um thanks again and uh we'll catch you guys later have a great night appreciate it thanks, uh, take care right. later later boys Thank